Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, a solo edition of the show. Chris Schubert here. No Jamie Eisner. He's back on the Tuesday edition of the show. So you just have me to recap all of the action from a fantasy perspective. And it feels like we've reached that point of the season where every game, every possession, every time Scott Hansen, yes, Jamie, Scott Hansen switches over uh, to a game on red zone. feels like every possession is important because of we're reaching that point of the season where fantasy playoffs for a lot of you probably are right around the corner. For me, it's the last week of the regular season for me. So trying to win these final uh, few games to try to get in. So every one of these is important. So before we get into all the recaps, and the big storylines coming out of this week in the, in the NFL. Got to tell you about our sponsor over at Bet Online, who are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. They remain your number one spot for all the basketball and the remaining football action this season. Head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website today to sign up, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV50. That's B L E A V 50 to receive your bonus. Now, if my voice sounds a little weird, did go to a concert over the weekend and uh, still am recovering from screaming uh, my lungs out over the weekend. So if, if the voice sounds a little scratchy, we're going to get through it together. It's all going to be okay, and uh, I will make sure to have the voice back for the remainder of the week. And we will start. We will get my team out of the way first so we don't have to do this all throughout the course of the show. The Eagles beat the Jets 33-18, to and this, a lot of storylines in this game. Zach Wilson probably played the best game of his young NFL career. No Jalen Hurts on the other side of the ball for the Philadelphia Eagles, so there were going to be question marks on how this was going to turn out. I think the big thing that we got in this football game is Miles Sanders had a massive performance, 24 carries, 120 yards. The first Eagles 100-yard rushing performance in like over a season or so. I think it was like 11 straight games or something that they've gone without a single 100-yard rusher, which is fascinating considering the Eagles find themselves as one of the better rushing teams in the league. That's because they do it in so many different ways. You have Jalen Hurts who runs the football. Sanders runs the football. Uh, Kenny Gainwell had another big game. He gets it in the end zone, 12 carries, 54 yards uh, for him. So with all these different backs and, and, the way, and with the running game of Jalen Hurts, it's been tough to find that 100-yard rusher. You got that today in Miles Sanders, who also caught three balls out of the backfield. For the receiving game for the Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Goddard, massive game. The Jets could not cover uh, a single member of the Philadelphia Eagles uh, offense, defense, special teams, coaching staff, fans in the, in the building. Uh, they couldn't cover anybody. Uh, six catches, 105 yards, two touchdowns. Felt like every time he caught the ball, uh, it was a threat to go into the end zone and caught all six of his targets. So that, those were the big two storylines on the Eagles side of things. And on the Jets side of things, we are, we are seeing the connection of Zach Wilson to Elijah Moore, and Elijah Moore has really come on here in the second half of this season and has become a legitimate fantasy uh, player for you in that Wide receiver three, probably by the end of the season, wide receiver two conversation. He is he is moving up those boards. Can't wait to see where Jamie has him ranked this week. But he has six catches for 77 yards and the one touchdown. Just scored on their first three possessions, which was such a far cry from what we've seen from this offense uh, in weeks past. And Elijah Moore uh, caught that first touchdown. The Bucks beat the Falcons and Leonard Fournette. Picked up right where he left off, uh, at least in the touchdown game. Caught a touchdown pass here. Five touchdowns over the last two games. Uh, was their leading rusher? They didn't do a whole lot on the ground, only 57 yards. Another big day for Tom Brady. Threw the ball 51 times. You got a 360-yard performance from him. You got four touchdowns. Yeah, Chris Godwin back. Big game. 17 targets in this football game. You're not going to get that every week, but a big-time performance from him with those 15 catches for 143 yards. 
this was one of those games where we've talked about this in the past with these Bucks receivers. Everybody got involved. Godwin and Evans didn't catch touchdowns, but big games from them. I already mentioned Godwin's big big day. Mike Evans, seven catches, 99 yards, and Gronk with two touchdown passes of his four receptions, two of them in the end zone for a touchdown. So that's what you have on the Tampa side of things. And then on the Atlanta side of things, by the way, watching this football game, I had Red Zone on, and I was watching the Jets, and it felt very weird at times. Every time they would go to this football game on Red Zone, it was close, but never really felt like Atlanta was really in the football game. I never really felt like Atlanta was threatening the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They found success on the ground against the Tampa Bay team, though Atlanta did, that has been very good against the run. Mike Davis gets into the end zone. Cordell Patterson has 78 yards on the ground, 121 yards on the ground as a team. Uh, Matt Ryan does not throw a touchdown in this game, so again, uh, if you're a Kyle Pitts fantasy manager, it is a struggle for you. Four catches, 48 yards. Now, Russell Gage had a big game, and I'm sure he's one of those names that I'll write down on the list for Jamie and I to talk about on the Tuesday show. 12 targets, the only guy in double-digit targets for the Atlanta receiving core. 11 catches, 130 yards. That's probably the only salvageable game out of anybody uh, on this list uh, for Atlanta in this football game as they only put up 17 points. The Cardinals, they beat the Bears 33-22, to and I think the big story in this game is if, you have, if you've had Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins on your football team, this was your first time to see them back uh, in a couple of weeks, and Kyler picked up right where he left off. These are pedestrian numbers when you look at it, 11-15 for 123 yards, but two touchdowns in the air for Kyler, and he had 59 yards on the ground, and he got into the end zone twice on the ground. So when you get four total touchdowns from your quarterback, those are no longer pedestrian fantasy numbers. Those are big-time production. And DeAndre Hopkins only caught two passes in this game, but one of them was a touchdown, so you feel pretty pretty good about that. Uh, and then on the, for the run game, if you've gone into the James Conner bandwagon, 20 carries for 75 yards, and then he catches a ball for a touchdown as well. The Bears side of things, oh boy, this was ugly. And we thought this was going to be ugly when Andy Dalton was starting over Justin Fields. Four interceptions in this football game. He throws two touchdowns. David Montgomery does have a big game, though. 21 carries, 90 yards, one touchdown. The weather was brutal in this football game, and they really tried to lean on the running game, did they? Uh, especially with Andy Dalton throwing all those interceptions, and, and David Montgomery did lead the way. Also caught eight passes out of the backfield, so a typical David Montgomery game. Jakeem Grant, the leading receiver from this football team, uh, five catches, 62 yards, and the one touchdown for him in this game. Just a weird game all around. The weather was, it was a big deal early. There was uh, botched snaps, fumbles, ball slipping on handoffs. It was all over the place. Yet the 55 points scored in this game, despite all that weather. This Arizona Cardinal team is on a roll. They're the first team in the NFL to 10 wins, and they're doing so in grand fashion because this offense has been electric. And with Kyler back now uh, and DeAndre Hopkins back, this th th this team looks like they are prepared for a playoff run. The Chargers go to Cincinnati 41 to 22, and they beat the Bengals. And this was. Poof, Listen, we're going to get personal here for a second, and, and I know no one wants to hear about my fantasy team, but in a matchup with the season on the line, with me needing to win to get into the playoffs, I had Joe Mixon and Austin Eckler as my two running backs, two of my three running backs that I played this week. And you look at their numbers, 14 carries, 59 yards, one touchdown for Austin Eckler, 19 carries, 59 yards, one touchdown for Joe Mixon. You feel pretty happy with that. But both of those guys turned over the football. Austin Eckler lost two fumbles in this football game. Joe Mixon lost a fumble in this football game. They were trying to give the ball to the other team at times. And this Cincinnati Bengals team, they dug themselves a hole early. They battled back. Joe Burrow had this team rolling. Then he had the, the pinky injury that really derailed them. And then they were really never able to, to get back into this football game. And on the Chargers side of things, Mike Williams starting to feel like maybe he's finding what we saw in the early part of the season. Five catches, 110 yards. Doesn't get into the end zone. But again, anytime you have a 
110-yard game, you're going to feel pretty good about yourself. Keenan Allen gets into the end zone twice. You always feel good about that. And then on the other side of things, here are the big three Cincinnati receivers. T. Higgins has a monster game, nine catches, 138 yards on a touchdown. Tyler Boyd, five catches, 85 yards, of course, right after I drop him in fantasy. And Jamar Chase, five catches for 52 yards. So the only one touchdown in the game goes to T. Higgins. So, again, Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd don't get in the end zone. So you've got to be looking elsewhere uh, for touchdowns in that game. The Lions pick up their first victory of the season, beating the Minnesota Vikings 29-27 in dramatic fashion on the last play of the game as Jared Goff hooks up with Amon Ross St. Brown. One of the weirdest coaching decisions I've ever seen in this game in the fourth quarter, and I thought was going to be the kiss of death for the Detroit Lions, and it was going to make them 0-11-1. When Dan Campbell, inside of his own 30, with about four minutes to go on a fourth and one, with the lead, they're up 23-21, decides to go for it, does not put the punter, punter out there, Goes for it, doesn't get it. Jared Goff loses the football, so now the Vikings have an instant red zone opportunity. They go in and score to take a 27-23 lead. But Jared Goff and company bail out uh, Dan Campbell as they go on the road and pick up the victory. Alexander Madison, for those of you who have been, who picked him up either uh, because you saw the Dalvin Cook injury or he had been a handcuff for you for Dalvin Cook, you feel pretty good about the performance that you had. 22 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. And in PPR formats, call three catches out of the backfield for 34 yards. So you got some points there as well. Uh, Adam Thielen goes down in this game with an injury. So this was the Justin Jefferson show. 11 catches, 182 yards, and a touchdown. He was really the only place, other than Tyler Conklin, uh, that Kirk Cousins looked to in this football game. Kirk Cousins throws the ball 40 times in this football game for 340 yards. And on the other side of things, no DeAndre Swift. It was the Jamal Williams show, 17 carries, 71 yards, doesn't get into the end zone on the ground. And TJ Hawkinson, you know, he, he it had been a couple of weeks that we had been talking about what this setup looked like in Detroit. And if TJ Hawkinson could maybe kind of refine what we saw from him early. Does get into the end zone, four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. But Amon Ronce Brown, I think, is the big story here. Catches the game-winning touchdown, their first win since I think it was like week 13 of last season. And his final stat line in the touchdown, obviously, juices this a little bit. But 10 catches, 86 yards, a touchdown on 12 targets. And when we talked at the beginning of the season with the, we, about this Detroit receiving core, we said Amon Ronce St. Brown was going to have opportunities. Well, he got his opportunities in a game today, and he came through in a big way for this Detroit Lions team as they pick up their first victory. Now, we'll talk about the Dolphins and the Giants. Didn't really watch much of this game because Red Zone didn't really go to it all that much because there wasn't a whole lot going on. You didn't have Daniel Jones starting in this football game. Mike Lennon uh, in his place. And, you know, I have the box score up in front of me, and I'll be honest with you, everybody, this feels like a box score of a New York Giants game that we had been talking. If you would have taken this box score and you would have put it through a couple of weeks ago, instead of Mike Lennon, you put Daniel Jones' name down, I wouldn't be surprised. Saquon Barkley, 11 carries, 55 yards, does not get into the end zone. That is a very standard Saquon Barkley game that we've seen from him this season. Evan Ingram, four catches for 61 yards, leads the team on five targets. Kenny Galladay struggles, three catches for 37 yards. And Saquon Barkley did catch six passes out of the backfield, so in PPR format, he helped you there quite a bit. But no touchdowns at all on this offense. Evan Ingram, that's not a savable day. Four catches, 61 yards. Kenny Galladay, you drafted him very highly. He has not given you what he's needed to do. Left this game with an injury. And then on the other side of things, Tua was a, was a decent play this week. I played him in two leagues, two touchdowns, 244 yards. Didn't turn the ball over all that much. Well, 41 times in this football game. Jalen Waddell doesn't get into the end zone again. The touchdowns are big, but when you have nine catches on 90 yards, that is going to... Uh, going to help you out tremendously. Mike Jacecki 
seven catches for 46 yards in this football game. But again, not a whole lot of scoring, not a whole lot of big plays uh, in this football game. You're, the big the big players, Tua had a very nice game, and if you started him and, and because you had somebody on bye or you needed to make a switch because of an injury, you certainly got uh, good production there, and Jalen Waddell had a big game as well. But other than that, if you played Evan Ingram, you were probably disappointed. If you played Kenny Galladay, you were certainly disappointed, and Saquon probably saved the day with the six catches out of the backfield, but not a whole lot going on there. The Colts beat the Texans 31 to nothing. A two-touchdown day from Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> you know what? Again, we talk about the Giants box score, and we can take that and put that in any other week. I can take this Jonathan Taylor box score and put it in any other week and feel pretty good about it. 32 carries, 143 yards, and two touchdowns in this football game. Michael Pittman with a nice game as well. Six catches for 77 yards. Again, he, overall this season, he has been absolutely fantastic uh, if you picked him up. And Carson Wentz, solid game, but I don't think the quarterbacks in this game uh, were being played by any of you in fantasy. Carson Wentz, Davis Mills, and Tyrod Taylor all seeing action in this football game. On the other side of things, Brandon Cook's probably the only player that was in your flex consideration, maybe wide receiver three consideration, and any of you did play him, you certainly didn't feel good about it. Three catches for 38 yards. This, uh, this Houston offense uh, and this entire team struggled today um, in this football game. I believe that is all of the morning slate, the, the 1 p.m. slate. I call it the morning slate with my West Coast uh, lineage because all these games start at 10 o'clock, 11 a.m. in the morning, so they start when it's uh, nice and early. You don't have this, you know, late window. The, I, being on the East Coast for the holidays, it's very difficult to, to watch these games that start at 1 o'clock. It's, you know, i got to get some pep in my step in the morning. And so so th- having these, these, these morning games, these 1 o'clock games, uh, is, is certainly interesting to me. So before we get to the slate of afternoon and Sunday night games, got to tell you about our friends over at Lightbox. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so that they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. And we did not have a dull moment in this Washington Vegas game that was back and forth all the way into the fourth quarter and down to the final possession. And Antonio Gibson owners, fantasy managers, it is it is it is starting to you you are starting to feel good now that he's in your lineup on a regular basis. Twenty three carries, eighty eight yards, gets into the end zone with five catches and has a big game in that regard. A, a rough day for Terry McLaurin, only three catches in this game. And on the other side of things, you know Josh Jacobs, he gets into the end zone, thirteen carries, fifty two yards, and the one touchdown. And the big receiver, Hunter Renfro, steps up in a big way. Nine catches, 102 yards, but no touchdowns in this game for passing. The only way Vegas gets into the end zone on the ground via Josh Jacobs. This game was back and forth, uh, fourth quarter. Most of the scoring took place in the second half of this football game. He had 19 of the 32 points scored in the fourth quarter, so it was down to the last minute. There was a lot of drama uh, in that football game. The Rams beat the Jaguars 37-7, to and I'm going to sound like a broken record in this game. Cooper Cup. This shouldn't surprise you. Big game, eight catches, 129 yards, one touchdown. Van Jefferson gets into the end zone. Odell Beckham Jr. gets into the end zone, although if you're listeners of this show, you probably have not been playing Odell Beckham Jr., but he gets into the end zone. But again, I think it's important to note, you're going to look at that and you're going to say, oh, maybe a potential pickup. Only had two catches in the game, only had five targets. 
Van Jefferson had more targets than him. Tyler Higby had more targets than him. Cooper Cup had more targets than him. Uh, and Sonny Michelle had four targets out of the backfield. So it's not like there was a ton of work thrown Odell Beckham Jr.'s way. He was fourth on the team in targets. So he does get the benefit of getting into the end zone, but I don't know how sustainable this is when he was still the fourth uh, guy on this team in targets. But Sonny Michelle. And this will be interesting. Uh, I'll maybe I'll maybe poke Jamie about this on Tuesday uh, when we do the rankings in the waiver wire. He does have a big game: 24 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown uh, in place of Daryl Henderson. Matthew Stafford has a big game: 295 yards, three touchdowns. And the other side of the thing, this Jags offense is just. It, it, it's not fun to watch. Carlos Hyde gets the only touchdown in this game, so even if you, if you play James Robinson, you didn't even get that. Uh, and none of these Jacksonville receivers. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, your leading receiver. I've given up on the LaVisca Chenault experience this season. Marvin Jones doesn't have a good game. It is just a struggle all across the board uh, for the Jags, and it continued uh, this weekend uh, against the Los Angeles Rams. Steelers, they beat the Ravens 20-19 to as the Ravens go for two on the final play of the game or their final play of the game, to try to uh, win the football game because they're just banged up in, in the secondary, uh, John Harbaugh says after the game. Didn't really trust that they had enough healthy corners to potentially go into overtime in this game, so they go for it. But this Baltimore offense has just been weird, and I certainly don't necessarily blame him for going for two in this football game because you look at this, the way this offense was playing in this football game, they had trouble moving the ball up and down the field, and so it really felt, felt like, man, we're down there, one play to potentially win the football game here, and... Uh, on the two-yard line, you got to feel pretty good about your chances. Give your guys a shot. And the best player that they have uh, on the field is Lamar Jackson. But a, 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 another pedestrian day for Lamar. 55 yards on the ground, 253 yards in the air, one touchdown, one interception. And then none of the receivers. Mark Andrews, four catches for 50 yards. The touchdown goes to Sammy Watkins. Hollywood Brown, five catches for 55 yards. This offense has just been struggling. On the other side of things, Pittsburgh's offense wasn't much better, but it was just enough better to be able to beat the Baltimore Ravens amidst all of the drama of the report uh, on Saturday. At Ben Roethlisberger, uh, it appears that he is aware that this is going to be more than likely his final season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they go out there and they win this game. It's 17-point fourth quarter. They did not play well through the first three quarters of this game. They had a tough time moving the ball. Uh, but Big Ben, two touchdowns. Najee Harris, 21 carries, 71 yards, catches five passes out of the backfield. Uh, we, we, listen, I feel obligated to talk about Pat Fryermuth. We talk about him when he has good games. Uh, only has four targets in this game, three catches, 26 yards, but it is the Deontay Johnson show in this football game. Eight catches, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. He was the big playmaker for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they pulled out uh, that victory. Two more games to talk about here on the show before I let you all go to start your week. The Seahawks pick up a much-needed victory with how they were spiraling out of control at home against the Seahawks. Against the San Francisco 49ers, 30-23. Travis Homer, you look at the box score and you see the three carries for 80 yards and the one touchdown. Has the trick play, the fourth down fake punt, go for it for 75 yards. Uh, Adrian Peterson, welcome to the uh, Seattle Seahawks running back room. 11 carries, 16 yards. He doesn't get into the end zone, uh, but not a whole lot doing there uh, for this team. But Tyler Lockett, a big game, seven catches, 68 yards and a touchdown. Uh, DK Metcalf. A lot has been made about his workload and the target share that he's gotten uh, tied uh, with Tyler Lockett for targets with eight. He has five catches for 60 yards. And the other side of things for San Francisco, it was going to be interesting to see what this offense was going to look like uh, without Debo Samuel, what this team was going to do offensively. And it was a bounce back and George Kittle starting to really kind of thrive. Nine catches, 181 yards, and two touchdowns really stepped up with the 12 targets. Uh, Brandon Ayuk got six targets in this football game. 
and he's probably going to be one of the bigger recipients uh, when Debo needing to miss uh, a couple of weeks of action. And Eliza Mitchell, 22 carries, 66 yards, and one touchdown. But that is about it. That is all you had uh, in this football game. And then Sunday night, and it, I was looking forward to this game for a bunch of different reasons. Big-time matchup in the AFC West. All of these teams are very close. One game can swing the direction of this entire division. There was going to be no Melvin Gordon in this game, and so that was going to mean a huge opportunity for Javante Williams, and it was the Javante Williams show. They only scored nine points. They lose the full game 22-9. to But if you if you had been holding on to Javante Williams all season and you said, this is my moment, this is the time, we're going to get that big game from him, you got it. 23 carries, 102 yards on the ground, and then six catches, 76 yards, and one touchdown out of the backfield. This was the Javante Williams performance that we had all been waiting for, that we all thought uh, could come from him. Jerry Judy, four catches for 77 yards. And again, the only there was only one touchdown to go around in this game for Teddy Bridgewater, and it went to Javante Williams. So he's the one that has really the big standout day on the Denver side of things. And this is now what you can potentially expect when Melvin Gordon's not there next season. Why Jamie and I kind of, we've had these, I, I don't know if we've had this conversation on the show, and maybe we've been saving it for the offseason, but Jamie and I, Behind the scenes, we've talked about where we would put Javante Williams if we were drafting for next season. And we may have had the conversation on the show. We talk about a lot of fantasy-related things, so I forget which conversations are where. But we've had this conversation, and I really, truly believe that Javante Williams is going to be in the conversation to be a to, to be an RB1 in drafts next season. I think he could be a top-10 fantasy option. And performances like these, when he when the when the spotlight is all his, is going to you know allow that to, to shine. Um, on the Kansas City side of things... This team's weird, man. This team is very, very weird. They pick up the win. They move to 8-4. and four. From a fantasy perspective, there's not a whole lot of standout performances here. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 14 carries, 54 yards. The one touchdown in this football game was a Patrick Mahomes rushing touchdown. So if you played him, that was the only touchdown you got. So you probably didn't get necessarily the type of points you expect from Patrick Mahomes. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire doesn't have a great game. Travis Kelsey only catches three passes. Tyree Kill catches two passes. Again, we're not talking about benching these guys or removing these guys or looking for different options, but at a point in the season, I said this at the top, at the point of the season where every one of these possessions matters, it feels like every one of these weeks matters. If you're trying to make a late playoff push or you're trying to hold on to a spot or you're trying to make that 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 big-time win to put you in a position to play to, to get seeding, all of these different things that factor this late in the season. If you had Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill, you 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 didn't get what you needed from them potentially in a big spot where you needed a victory or you needed their, them, them to show up. So that was probably the big thing uh, to take away from that game is really across the board. Other than Javante Williams on the Denver side of things, there was nothing to really talk about here uh, in uh, this football game on Sunday night. Got one more game tomorrow. So for those of you Patriots and Bills, if you got any players left in that one, good luck on uh, Monday night's game. I know I've got Stephon Diggs in that one. Uh, with my season on the line, so I'll be keeping a close eye on that one. We're back on Tuesday. Jamie is back. Uh, he returns from his weekend in Atlanta for the SEC Championship game. We'll get a full breakdown from him on how that went. Uh, he's probably still recovering from all of the uh, shenanigans that went down there uh, with TDN and Bud Light Seltzer down there for the SEC Championship game. But we are back on Tuesday. The waiver wire rankings. We are back with Jamie's rankings for the week to give you all the updated information that you need to make these top-of-the-line decisions uh, as you make your playoff push in fantasy sports. The DraftNetwork.com underneath the fantasy table is where you can see all of Jamie's rankings and content throughout the week. You can follow the show on Twitter at TDNFantasy. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. That's S-C-H-U Radio. Like I said, the DraftNetwork.com underneath the fantasy tab is where you're going to want to go for all the content. Everybody, 
Hope you had a good Sunday. Hope you enjoyed all the football. That's going to do it for us here on the show. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.